o'clock service. And as the children are leaving, we can appreciate the excitement in, uh, in their voices and, and how exciting it is to, uh, to hear children sing. What a wonderful thing. What I'd like to do this morning is when, when Sonia and I decided to, uh, to, to actually do this on a Sunday morning, I knew the challenge was going to be what to preach. You know, what, what, do, you, what do you preach in a 10 or 15 minute uh, segment? Normally, you know, we have a 30, 35 minutes. I'm, in fact, next week we'll continue our series on powerful peace from Philippians 4. But, uh, but today I, I looked over the program. She sent me a copy of the program with all the songs. And when I got to that song, You're Absolutely Fantastic and Phenomenal, I, uh, I realized that, that was it. That's the song that we're going to preach from this morning in, in just a few minutes. And so to do that, uh, I, I want to take you to Psalm 69. And I want you to look with me at a, a story in Scripture. And, and then we're going to... We're going to allow the, the message of that song to become the message of this Sunday morning. And I want you to see it. Look at it in verse number 16, beginning in verse 16. And what it is, it's a dialogue between David and God. And so David is expressing himself to God in this story. And he says, hear me, O Lord, for thy loving kindness is good. Turn unto me according to the multitude of thy tender mercies, and hide not thy face from thy servant, for I am in trouble. Now, this is not a trick question, okay? But, but does that sound like a good thing or a bad thing? I, I'm in trouble. Which one? It's a bad thing. David's in trouble. And what we see unfold in this passage is David's attitude revealed. The, the situation he is in is making him bitter. And, and the day that he is living in is not, a, is not a good thing. And so he begins to express himself and it gets really ugly. Look at it. Verse 18, he says, Draw nigh unto my soul and redeem it and deliver me because of mine enemies. And so he begins to point at those who he doesn't like, who have done him wrong. Thou hast known my reproach, verse 19, my shame, my dishonor, mine adversaries. All those things, again, are, are not good things. These are things that David is upset about. Verse 20, reproach hath broken my heart. His heart is broken. He's in a bad spot. He says he's full of heaviness. And then in verse number 22, it says, let their table, as he speaks about his enemies, he said, let their table become a snare before them. Verse 23, let their eyes be darkened. Make them blind, God. I mean, I want you to really, I want you to mess them up, God. I'm so angry at these people. Make them blind. I don't want them to be able to see. Verse 24, pour out thine indignation upon them and let thy wrathful anger take hold of them. God, I want you to just pour out every bit of anger and, and hellfire you can pour out upon these people. Make life miserable for them. Verse 25, let their habitation be desolate and let none dwell in their tents. God, I want you to take their homes and destroy them. Send an earthquake, God, like, like maybe has just recently happened to many of our brothers and sisters in Nepal. Uh, Lord, just destroy their homes, destroy their churches. Just, just let an earthquake go through and make them desolate, God. Verse 26, for they persecute him whom thou hast smitten. They've done me wrong, God. They've messed me up. God, I'm upset about it. Add iniquity to their iniquity. God, whatever you're going to do, do it double. 
whatever you're gonna, whatever you're gonna do, bad God, would you double bad it? I mean, just just make it really bad. And then verse twenty-eight: Let them be blotted out of the book of the living and not be written with the righteous. God, don't let them be saved. God, I want you to make sure they never go to heaven. It's pretty strong, isn't it? David's in a bad spot here. David actually goes as far in his, in his, in his attitude, in his spirit. He goes as far as to say, Lord, damn these people to hell. I know that sounds really rough, but it's there. But then everything changes. Look at the next verse in verse 29. But I am poor and sorrowful. Let thy absolutely fantastic and phenomenal salvation. Do you see that? It's there. you got to look hard. It's in the Greek. It's hard to read, but it's there. Let thy absolutely fantastic and phenomenal salvation, O God, set me up on high. Now, let me tell you something. I've never, I've never smoked marijuana. I'm sure some of you have. I never have. I've been tempted a couple of times (laughs) just to get away from it all. I've been like David a few times, but, but, but they tell me that when you smoke this, that they, they describe it as a high, uh, some kind of a high that you go on. I don't know what that's like, but I can tell you this. That when I consider what my God has done for me, the absolutely fantastic and phenomenal salvation, I'm not going to hell. I'm going to live with Jesus. I'm going to a place where there's no more death. When I think about that, I want you to know I get on a high. Something happens to me. Listen, the energy, the excitement, the fact that people oftentimes say, you know, what's up with your energy? You know, they, they kind of, they, they make fun, which is good, it's cool. They, they say, you know, what kind of drugs do you take? What kind of uh, caffeine are you on? Hey, listen, let me tell you what I'm on. I'm on salvation. I'm not going to hell. And it's just absolutely fantastic and phenomenal. It's just, some of you got upset about that. Let me tell you something. Hey, I don't think they danced enough. It's just that when David danced before the Lord, what he was doing was saying, whoa, this is so good. I mean, this is better than anything else that makes me want to jive. And sometimes things make me want to jive. I mean, have you ever just kind of saw, maybe watched some sports and just go, man, whoa. I tell you what, when my team wins, I'm jumping up and down. I'm, yes. When I think about salvation, it's absolutely fantastic and phenomenal. You are. And so when I think about what motivates me, I think about 1 John 5, 13. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life. The the greatest motivating factor in my life is that I know I'm saved. I know it. I know I'm saved. And that pumps me up. That gets me excited. The, the, the reason for the energy in this room a moment ago was kids are beginning to understand. Children are beginning to understand that salvation and Jesus and heaven and Christianity is something that is absolutely fantastic and phenomenal. And it just you just can't take two syllables, Sonia. I'm sorry. We've got to have 12. And that's just the beginning. Well, there's four things that motivate Four things, rather, that my absolutely fantastic and phenomenal salvation experience have changed. Number one, it's changed my voice. My voice is different because I'm a Christian. 
I, I, I want you to see here in verse number 30, it says that, that David, after he, he got on high, it says, I will praise the name of my God with a song. He began to lift up his voice. And that's the first thing that, 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 that happens when we lift up our voices. We begin to sing. Singing causes us to lift up our voice. Singing is not something we can do when you think about salvation. Singing is not something you can do like, you're absolutely fantastic and phenomenal. <laughs> you are. I mean, you ever seen somebody sing victory in Jesus like, like they're going to hell? It's like, it's not true. It's not victory in Jesus, my Savior forever. You cannot sing that song and look like that. I went to a Chris Tomlin concert on Thursday night. And as soon as Tomlin got up with his guitar and just started singing, How great is our God. Sing with me, how great. I know, I know, I know. I could probably be doing what Tomlin does. I know. (laughs) And all will sing, how great, how great. And 6,000 people stood up. 6,000 people in, in an auditorium stood up and began to worship God with their voice. With their voices. And, and the, the hands raised. And, and some fell to their knees as we begin to consider this absolutely fantastic and phenomenal salvation. It affects your singing. It affects your praising. You know, you, you just have to praise God. You know, praising God is something that, that just is, is natural to the believer who considers salvation. David was not praising God. He was damning people to hell. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, I'm so pitiful, God. I am so sorrowful. I'm, I, this is pitiful. I mean, I'm so negative, God. I mean, I'm a jerk. That's why I, I interpret that. I'm just, God, some of us need to just get to that place where we say, I'm pitiful. This is ridiculous. What's wrong with me? I'm sorry, God. I'm going to let your salvation set me up on high. I'm going to consider the fact that I'm saved and I'm going to let that change everything about my attitude. It's incredible, isn't it? Praising. Number three, it affects your witnessing. You can't help but do a talk about Jesus and share the gospel and, and talk to people about what he's done for you. I mean, it just, it just comes out. Listen, uh, you know, we didn't have to beg Neil to get baptized. It wasn't like, please, Neil, please, would you please do this? I know it's going to be hard. Neil's like, sure. Well, Neil, you know, you got you to gotta give your testimony. Great. Awesome. I'd love to do that. Can I tell you something? When you consider your absolutely fantastic and phenomenal salvation, you're okay with sharing that with anybody, anywhere, anytime. The second thing it set up on high is it set my mind up on high. My, David was really messed up in his mind. I mean, you're not going to tell me when you start saying, God, take their name, don't let them get saved. That's your, you got issues. I mean, people don't, believers don't think like that. We don't walk around. No, we, we, we want people to be saved. We don't care how bad they are, do we? We want them to be saved. We want them to know the love of God. I want everybody in prison to be saved. I want everybody on death row to know the love of God. He forgives. Amen. But when I'm not thinking right, I'm cursing people. I'm saying, you know, I don't care about them. I hope God gives it. David was messed up. Like sometimes we get when we get bitter and angry and want to bite back and fight back. That's not becoming of a believer who's saved. So when we consider our salvation, our mind begins to change. And all of a sudden we think differently. Philippians 4, 8 says, Whatsoever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, 
Good report. If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, last five words. Think, or four words. Think on these things. Think. You see, salvation affects your thinking. You think differently. Your mind is affected. Three ways to set your mind up on high. First of all, reading the Word of God. When I read the Bible, you see, uh, just a moment ago, we were stirred. We were moved because kids were quoting scriptures on you. And when kids quote scripture, for some reason, I guess we just sort of feel better. But honestly, some of us need to memorize the verses they have. It would help us to know God's Word. It does something for you when you are copying an attitude about life and God throws a memorized verse in your mind and you're like, sorry, sorry, God, you are good, you are good. You are holy, you are righteous, you are good. And it's like all of a sudden, I'm okay. God, you're so good. You're righteous, you're good, you're holy, you saved me. I'm so grateful. Let this mind be in me, which is also in Christ Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Lord. And we begin to think differently. Scripture improves your thinking. Number two, listening to music that glorifies my Savior, that will change your mind. When I got up this morning, I got ready and I thought, going to score some points with the missus. I'm going to go to Dunkin' Donuts and get her a coffee. That increases the length of the kiss from a half a second to three seconds. You can get a lot accomplished in three seconds. Amen. Really... Let me tell you something, there should be a whole lot more amens when I talk about kissing your wife. I mean, I, 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 I'm into that, okay? It's a good thing. And so, I, 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 I go to Dunkin' Donuts, I get in the car, start it up, and I go to 90.1. And old Jeremy Camp comes on with this song he's recently... He knows, he knows, every He knows, I don't know the words, but I'm just dun 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 I mean, I'm having a time. I'm letting Jeremy do the singing. I'm just coming in. I'm like, he knows. You ever heard that? Oh, man, that's good. I'm, he knows. He knows. And I'm loving it. By the time I get to Dunkin' Donuts, I'm shouting. I'm crying. People at the red lights think I've lost it. They're like, dude, what is wrong with that guy? He's having a time. I'll tell you what's wrong with me. Uh, salvation. That, that's kind of got a hold of me. I'm sorry. I, 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 I'm just excited about the fact that I'm not going to hell. Excuse me. That's good. That's a good thing. And so music affects me. Music stirs me. Music moves me. What about that young lady? She, she, she got to thinking about how wonderful he was, and she could no longer sing it. She had to express it through tears. I'm telling you, man, Hollywood needs to make us stop crying at the end of movies, and we need to start crying at the end of worship. It, 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 this, is, this is where it's at. This will set your mind up. N- number three, I wrote down this, prayer. Prayer will set your mind up on high. And our problem is we, we, we don't know how to pray. Let me tell you how to pray. You ready? Like Noah did. Jesus, thank you for letting me sing songs about you. I love you, Jesus. I wa-. And we're like, oh, that's so cute. No, that's how you need to pray. It's not just cute. It, it's how you talk to your daddy. Oh, Father, God, oh, Lord, we bless your name, oh, God. What is that? What is all that? You sound like you got a steeple stuck in your throat. I mean, you know, I get get a kick out of these preachers who you talk to them, you know, and and, and they they like act normal. Then they get on the stage and they're, they're like, who is that? God is our daddy. He, he is our Abba Father. We talk to him like our best friend. And sometimes when our prayer life gets stiff, 
we don't experience that, that freedom that, that comes in just talking to our dad. Then, real quick, last two, it sets my service up on high. My voice, my mind, my service, my absolutely fantastic and phenomenal salvation makes me want to serve God. Let me read your verse, Hebrews 9, 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, and it's the blood that saves, right? Who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. So Jesus offered himself without spot to God. He was perfect. And what, it ha- what happened as a result of that is it purged our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. When you and I get saved, we, we begin to think about that and it, and it makes us want to serve God. You see, I'm not primarily doing what I'm doing today because of a call on my life. I'm not doing it because of a call. I mean, obviously, I, I, I'm doing this, yes, this is part of what God's called me to do. But I, I'm up here today, honestly, because I want to serve God. I want to serve the Lord. I, I want to serve Him. I, I, this is why we do what we do. This is why Sonia does this, not because of a paycheck, trust me. It's not like, okay, Sonia, we'll give you a bonus if you do the kids' celebration choir. No. No, in fact, it, it, it'll cost her money. She's doing this because she wouldn't trade this for anything. I will serve thee because I love thee. You have given life to me. I was nothing before you found me. You have given life to me. I serve him because I love him. And then finally, my, my voice, my mind, my service, my love, my love. Oh, listen, Mark 12, 30. Jesus said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy mind, all thy strength, all, everything you've got. You serve him with everything you've got because you love him. Love the Lord. And listen, that love is enormous. It's, it's, it's expressive. I love my wife. I do. And I express that love to her. I mean, I, I just, you know, made a kind of a halfway joke. I mean, it is kind of true. I do, I do enjoy kissing my wife. But the truth is, hey, I, I enjoy loving my Savior more than loving my wife. And I love my Savior sometimes very affectionately. And I love him with a, with a, much of a voice of love and with with an intimate relationship I have with God. In other words, I sometimes get along with God and, and, and you would you would think, well, who is he with? Is he with a lover? Yes, I'm with my lover, the great Savior who loves me and gave himself for me and he deserves my love more than my wife does, more than my kids do, more than you do. My Savior deserves everything I've got, my passionate love for him. And then, let me tell you something else he wants us to love. Look at 1 Thessalonians 3.12 on the screen. And the Lord make you to increase and abound. It's interesting sometimes how scripture has that little play on words. Increase, that's enough. That's like, okay, God wants us to do more and abound. That's the same thing. In other words, it's like increase on steroids. It's like, okay, I want you to increase, but, but like really increase. Like I want you to go overboard on this thing. What, God? What do you want me to go overboard on? Could you tell me? I'd love to. And the Lord make you to increase and abound in love one toward another. I want you to really, I want you to go crazy with loving me and loving others. If you've ever read the book Crazy Love, it's a book every Christian really needs to read. You can get it lifeway. Crazy Love. It just means we ought to be crazy about Jesus and crazy about the ones he died for, <laughs> which include everybody in this room. We're to love one another and we're to express that love. Listen, when I tell Sonia I love her, 
I tell her often, Sonia, I love you. Man, great job. I don't think we, we, we hardly ever would leave one another if I, if I was walking away, walking out. I'd say, Sonia, love you. Love you too, preacher. Now, sometimes when I tell my wife I love her, I say, I love you, babe. I've never done that to Sonia. Never. I've never said, Dave, you probably have. I, in fact, I think I've heard you do it. I've never done that. Here's my point. We can love one another and do it right. Sometimes I think, well, that's word. You know, I just don't like to say that word. Well, why not? God wants us to love one another. I mean, yeah, sometimes that just requires that I love you. It should not be strange in church to hear the words, I love you. I, man, I'm grateful for you. I'm thankful for you. And so we're to love one another, but not just one another. Get this. And toward, last part of the verse, all men, everybody, not just Baptist, not just Pentecostal, not, not just Church of God. No, everybody Saved, everybody lost. Love all men. God so loved the world. When God says he loved the world, he doesn't mean the things of the world. He means the people that he died for. Do you love God and love people? Because can I tell you, if you think about how good it is to be saved, it's going to set that on high. Your bitterness towards people, your frustration, your anger, the reason why you sit on one side of the church and somebody else sits on the other will be over when you think about Jesus died for the whole world. Wow. I'm on a high right now. I'm on a high. I love this feeling. It's incredible. It's changed my life. It's better than caffeine, and I like caffeine. But my energy today is not because of espresso. It's because of salvation. And so today, if you've never been saved, if you've slipped into the building and you would say, wow, man, I, I think I, I, I may need that. You can find it today. And I, I ask you this morning, if you don't know that you're saved, in just a moment when we give it, we give about a three-minute invitation. This, the invitation lasts as long as our song that we sing. Would you come? Don't waste any time. Just step out. Christian, if you need to come and pray, if you feel more comfortable praying while you stand or singing the song, but at least participate as the Holy Spirit would have you. Father, I'm grateful for today, for what you've done, for how you've moved. Would you please, God, as we conclude this service, would you please do the work that only you can do? Would you speak to hearts? Would you, God, touch that life that is discouraged and down like David was, negative Lord, those that are at times literally cursing life and people, God, may you remind them of their salvation or would you this morning bring them to that place, I pray. Oh God, please bless this invitation. We give it to you in Jesus' name, amen. Shall we stand? If you need to come, would you come right now? Invitation's over. the cross for all of my days. He paid the cost, salvation complete, now forever I'm free, Calvary covers it all, Calvary covers it all, my sin and shame.